man. Shut the door, sit down, clean your ears, and stop listening to what your mama needs you to be doing right now. You're going to listen to the Boxing Podcast. some updates on the boxing podcast and just boxing overall um begin with if you've noticed and maybe you guys haven't noticed but boxing has officially decided to separate the entities that are the podcast and the clothing brand we now have Box and Media, and we now also have the um, Box and Dot Art page, which those those were created because, I mean, when I first started boxing, it was more just um, I had no idea what I was doing. I just kind of wanted to get into the boxing industry somehow and I had an idea of coming up with clothing and coming up with uh, boxing news because I wanted to be in both areas and I was just very wishy-washy between both but obviously the easier the easier one was to um to do the boxing news because boxing news is just readily available for anyone that does a google search is following other boxing channels, is following along with the boxing networks. It's so easy to just go snap and grab a, uh, an image off of the internet, download it to your phone, upload it, say a couple of words here and there about what you think's going on and how you feel about the situation. And so that's what I did. That's how I started off boxing media. And uh, really, later, I just I started thinking that maybe it was the, the boxing gym wear, sports wear, training gear, training garments, whatever you want to call it, um, is what I really wanted to get into. Because there's just boxing news is overly saturated. Like everyone and their mom has a boxing channel where they cover boxing news and to be quite honest here is the only reason box and media still exist the boxing news channel is because i decided to change the platform into a podcast and you know which i still deliver news on boxing but i get to do it in my voice and um i don't know if you guys have noticed but i have stopped with the i mean i guess i haven't it's not completely solidified yet, but I have stopped posting anything that has um, copy on it. Words, images, little news images. It's all the it's all boxing. It's all boxing podcasts. It's all the boxing podcast clips. Uh, so really, I, I honestly, I'm not saying I'm going to stop those other little things, but my main focus now is just posting clips from the podcast and getting this good word of the boxing bible out to you guys because that's what i have more fun doing and 
Uh, it's just easier for me too because I start my week on Sunday. I record the podcast. Um, I edit the podcast, and then throughout the weeks, I go through my podcasts. I I sit down. I try to make myself listen to it and try to find what I think are the good clips. And I splice that up for you guys, and I serve it up to you guys in like a small one-minute video. And that's the hardest part. Clipping it down to a minute is so hard because I'm so inefficient, inefficient with my words. I have to clip around the silliest things. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm done. I'm definitely for sure done with how box and media used to be uh, handled. Um, I don't know. This format's more fun, and I think it's more engaging for you guys because... One, you guys have me talking to you guys all the time, every week, at least three times a week. And not just a boring fucking image that anyone could fucking post. Um, and, you know, a little copy here and there. Uh, I don't know. But the point is, I separated boxing media. And I boxing has the news wing and then it has the clothing wing. And I separated them both. Because I really want to focus on the clothing wing. The podcast is more just of a, a side. Maybe a little hobby. And we'll see where that goes. Um, so I'm excited to start pumping out more content based around the clothing. If you guys are any at all a little bit interested in the clothing. Um, and you really just are looking for clothing that is, you know strictly for boxers but more specifically boxers who are creative and crafty inside of the ring uh check out boxin.art boxin b-o-x-n dot a-r-t uh, that is both the website and the instagram social media handle you can also click the link in the bio and that should and this is very new uh, it's like a link tree on my website which has you can I can direct you to listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts I can direct you to listen to this podcast on Spotify I can direct you to watch and listen to this on YouTube which is what I want you guys to do over the other two options or you guys can shop for men and or women clothing so that's in the bio if you guys care about that but um just a little update on boxing because the landscape's going to be changing, um, or is changing, and for the most part has changed. Uh, so, yep, guys, that is it for that. Um, as much as I want to talk about boxing this week, uh, there isn't much that caught my attention, and I don't bring anything to this podcast that I don't think is interesting. Uh, whether you want to call that a casual fan or not, I'm sorry. I just I don't have the the time to be listening to um, or paying attention to the uh, I guess what you would call not so the opposite of mainstream. What do you call that? The underground boxers that aren't well known yet. I don't. I don't. I, I'm a I'm a grown ass man. I have a full-time job. I work out. I try to work out. I try to eat healthy. I have a dog, which is basically a kid. I don't have time to watch boxing that's happening in Asia. I don't have time to watch boxing that's happening in the UK 
or in Abu Dhabi, Dubai. I got time to watch boxing that's happening in the United States and boxing that is top of the line news with boxers that people actually care about and have potential superstar power. And that's the truth. And that's, I'm never going to hold that up to you guys. I'm never going to lie. That is the fucking truth. And if you got time to watch all the boxing in the world, then dude, you either don't have a job, don't have a life, or just don't have a purpose in any sort of facet of life. Uh, because that is a lot of boxing to keep with. I am a huge, I, I consider myself a pretty good fan, but to keep up with all of that shit, nah. Maybe if I actually worked in the boxing industry, then yes. But I work as a digital marketing specialist at a credit union. I don't got time for that shit, guys. So, is there anything that I want to talk about today? No. Am I going to talk about some things? Yeah, I am. I'm going to pull shit off of the internet like I did in episode four. And we're just going to have a dandy time doing that. So... One thing that I maybe kind of cared about was Carl Frampton versus Jamel Hurled, Hurled, Hearing, Jamel Hearing. Um, they fought yesterday, and I don't know if you want to call that a quit or the towel was thrown in, but Carl Frampton definitely did not look like he wanted to be in there after being knocked down. And as soon as he saw the towel come in, he did have no complaints. He saw the towel com- come in and he turned his little face around and hid from the punches that were coming from Jamel. And that's understandable as fuck. He was getting his ass beat and that's that's okay. That is completely okay. Um, however, he did retire after this fight in the, in the post-fight interview. He announced that he was retiring, and uh, it's just a lot of the times I feel like fighters overreact or get over-emotional just because they lost one fight, and um, that's the thing. That's the the thing with boxing is um, just because you lose a fight doesn't mean you should completely give up. I mean... If you're Carl Frampton and you've made it this far in the sport where a lot of people know of your name, and you know me, I'm only watching American fighters. This guy's from the UK, or I mean Ireland to say the least, or I don't even know. I think he's a Scottish fighter, but um, I don't know. You've gone so far. You're at the top of the lightweight division, and just because you had one setback, how about a rematch? How about you? How about your goal now is a rematch? I mean, think about when Dustin Poirier from the UFC lost against Conor McGregor, and then Conor McGregor goes off and has this historical career run, and Dustin Poirier is left in the dust because he got knocked out by Conor McGregor in the first round in, humili- in humiliating fashion. But did Dustin Poirier give up? No, he didn't. He fucking got back, got strapped his boots on kept on fighting he went on he went on to kick a bunch of fighters asses and then at the end he comes back around and fights conor mcgregor and destroys him and so that's the thing is yes you're gonna lose but really it's about how you get yourself back up to the top and there is a possibility because you already got yourself to the 
somewhat the top so you can get yourself back to the very top if you just put your mind and guts and sweat and tears into it so I don't know I just I don't think Carl Frampton should have uh, retired but I mean you know what they say as soon as a fighter wants to retire you they should retire uh, because once you've retired you just don't have the same motivation that you've had in the past but I, I don't know I had a lot of faith in Carl faith in Carl Frampton I thought he was a very crafty fighter um, I guess the only disadvantage he had going into that fight is well he was a lot shorter his uh, his arms were shorter as well so that can make it very difficult you got to be on your a, a game when you're fighting a fighter that is on your same level but physically he just he uh he physically uh does yeah so <laughs> i'm such a fucking klutz anyways so yeah there's that congrats to jamel wbo champ and now Shakur Stevenson wants a piece of that ass and um toodles for Shakur Stevenson but I think that fight is difficult because Shakur Stevenson now is it difficult for Jamel or is it difficult for Shakur it's difficult for both but What's interesting to me is that Shakur Stevenson hasn't really fought anybody that is of a high caliber fighter. And he just, yes, he's displayed his skills. And yes, he looks fast. He has quick reflexes. But every fighter he's fought doesn't hit hard. And I think there is a difference when you fight a fighter that hits hard because when you're fighting a fighter that hits hard, you, you respect them. You don't have the confidence that you have going in pulling all these little slick moves and near misses and, or near dodges. And, um, that really will affect your fighting style. And a lot of Shakur Stevenson's fighting style is based off of making the miss just by inches, just by inches. And for you to have the confidence in dodging someone's punches just ever so slightly when they hit really fucking hard, that messes with your confidence, that messes with your speed and um, your calculations. And when it comes to slipping punches or ducking under and countering and so uh, it'll it'll just be interesting. Um I think Jamel Herring, Herring is, you know, he obviously has a WBO belt. I don't believe he's one of the elite, but I believe he is definitely a top fighter. He is, um, he's a champion, but doesn't always mean you're an elite. You know, we've seen bums get belts before. And, uh, if you don't remember, think about when, uh, Jeff Horn got the belt kind of a bum he I, I think he only defended it once and then he lost it against Terrence Crawford an elite fighter so <clears throat> yeah that fight that fight would be interesting but uh Shakur Stevenson's not scared of challenging him obviously because right after the fight he went straight to Twitter 
and shot his little pistol and said, Jamel, what are you doing with that WBO belt? I need that shit in order to make Oscar Valdez fight me. And at the end of the day, I think what Shakur Stevenson's goal right now is to destroy Oscar Valdez. And we all know what's going to happen when that fight happens. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what's going to happen when that fight happens. Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson, that would be a good fight. I just find it... Uh, no, I, I know. My opinion, and I respect Oscar Valdez. I think he's an amazing fighter. And I love how he's like the Mexican boxing Steve Irwin because he loves reptiles. But I just can't see him winning against Shakur Stevenson. It's just... He doesn't have the punching power that I think would back up Shakur Stevenson's style. Well, <clears throat> like I think that's what's really going to give Shakur Stevenson a trouble when he has a good boxer who has punching power. Oscar Valdez, he is a really good boxer. However, his punching power is not there. And I know he got knocked out Burchelt, but... That knockout was different. That knockout came from eight long rounds of exhaustion that Oscar Valdez put Burchelt through. And, you know, when you're getting punched from every angle and you're, you're tired, you're on a big stage and it's your first time there, it becomes hard to get to the end of the 12 rounds, and especially in a championship fight. When you're defending your belt for the first time. Um, and I think that's what really tired Burchelt out. And that's why Oscar Valdez was able to land a knockout. And also, Oscar Valdez is always so eager to land a knockout. And he, that's that's what he was doing the whole fight. So when you got someone that's tired and you got someone gunning for a knockout so desperately, that's just what's going to happen. Um, but a lot of credit to Oscar Valdez. He does know how to box very well. I think he's doing great on Eddie Reynoso's team, Team Canelo. But I just can't see him beating um, Shakur Stevenson. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Shakur's, Shakur's up. He, he's uh, he's definitely looking elite. Do we know if he's an actual elite? I mean, we'll find out. But as of now, I'm putting my money on Shakur Stevenson. And that's game. Uh, <clears throat> let's let's poke around, guys. Now I know there is. Oh my god. Uh, one thing that I did read throughout this past weekend was Miguel Cotto is fighting Juan Manuel Marquez. Oh, dude, that's gonna be so fucking crazy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I wanted that fight to happen so long ago. I remember just thinking about all the fighters that Pacquiao had pummeled through. Miguel Cotto, Juan Mel Marquez, Margarito, Shane Mosley, freaking Joshua Cloudy. And I just remember thinking of all those fighters. And I was thinking, man, of all those fights, who do I think were some of the top Opponents that Pacquiao had destroyed. Miguel Cotto. And then I thought Juan Manuel Marquez. And then 
And somehow those names in my brain just bumped into each other. And I thought, damn, have these two ever fought each other? Like, isn't there a Puerto Rican-Mexican rivalry waiting to be answered here? Shouldn't that be something that happens? And so I, you know, I've, I've always found things on boxing records that I never come to expect. So I just, I went to their boxing records to see if they had fought in before. And yes, I should have probably known if they had fought in before, but I didn't. I wasn't sure. I wanted to make sure. I wanted to be fact checked myself. This was back a long time ago. Like I've known they haven't fought for a, for a while, but I looked at the records and to my surprise, they haven't fought before. I'm like, how the fuck hasn't this fight happened? Yes, they they fight at different weights. I understand that. But come on, dude. Who doesn't want to see that fight, man? Miguel Cotto, legendary Puerto Rican fighter. Juan Manuel Marquez, legendary Mexican fighter that knocked out Pacquiao, who destroyed Cotto. And I, I am so, I'm almost sad that it's, it's awesome that this fight's gonna happen, but I'm almost sad that it's it's an exhibition fight. Actually, I am sad. I'm very disappointed. I was hoping because Miguel Cotto just fought not too long ago. I mean, what his last fight was? I guess it has been a while, but it would have been so cool if they just came out to fight professionally, or if they had just done it earlier. Man, oh my God! Do you know how many people would have watched that fight? That would have gone down in history. And so um, we haven't seen Juan Manuel Marquez perform in a long time. And uh, I think the last person to have fought was Miguel Cotto. So I don't know. They both have 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 had a layoff. But I think, you know, give these guys a couple of months to train. And I think they're in a tip-top condition that they can be at the edge that they are after being retired fighters. Um They've had their long rest. I'm sure they're excited to get back into themselves. And and because there is a rivalry here, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, I think they're going to train their ass off. And I think this fight's going to be fucking beautiful. I'm going to watch that. You bet your ass I'm going to put money on that if I can put money on it. And I'm going to go with Juan Manuel Marquez because that motherfucker's a beast. Only guy to knock out my boy and put him on his fucking face the way he did. I'm sorry, Pacquiao. But I'm going with Marquez. I mean, why wouldn't you? I think he's also more old. I think he's older, too. So let's do it. Fuck it for exhibitions, man. We're bringing those dream fights together. Even even if our fighters are old, we're putting them to work again in the afterlife for more money. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that fight, but you know what? I was actually, before I was going to mention that, I was going to mention something else that's way crazier than this. Not as exciting, but it's fucking insane. And I think it's kind of a silly matchup. Um, but by chance I just ran into a Miguel Cotto picture. So I decided to bring up the more exciting fight first. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Versus the one and only UFC fighter, Anderson Silva, the Spider, are fighting in June, I believe. I think it's in June. And holy cow, is this going to look 
really bad on Chavez if he gets his ass kicked by Anderson Silva because Anderson Silva's old as shit. And Julio Cesar Chavez is young. He's the boxer. He should be winning the boxing fight. And um, that shit's official already, right? Like, I swear, I I saw that. And I'm looking through his Instagram page, but it doesn't, it doesn't show it on here. Anyways, that's what I saw. That's what I heard. And that's what I'm guessing is going to happen. Because some random ass rumor doesn't come and hit the fucking media like that unless it's fucking true. I don't know what the hell Julio Cesar Chavez is up I know up to, but I, I, I've i seen him fighting bums in Mexico, fighting on the undercard of his dad's exhibition fights, and now he's fighting Anderson Silva. <sighs> Man, I don't know if there's anything more disappointing than a legend's son not becoming a boxer than it's a legend's son becoming a boxer and not doing a good job at it. And that's Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I'm sorry, dude. I had faith in you. I had all the trust and faith that you would do amazing and just as good as your dad. And Julio Cesar Chavez is a naturally born fighter. Natural born fighter, for sure, 100%. But somewhere along the way, dude, this guy, someone threw a joint in his mouth. He started smoking his way off and became a lazy little boy. With daddy's money in his hand, buying Lambos and, uh, you know, dressing up in little fucking dyke outfits. Uh, I'm going to get smoked for that, but whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. If that fight happens, Chavez better get on his shit and he better perform well because Anderson Silva is a slick motherfucker. That guy can box as much as a UFC fighter that he is. He is a boxer. His chin is questionable. Yes. But the boy can box. He's very slick. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I am looking forward to that one. Um, Who knows, though? Who knows? Julio, good luck. Anderson Silva, good luck. Make that money, boys. Um, No, but, dude... Side of that, shout out to DMX, man. <sighs> Boy, take care. Um, he overdosed, and I think the overdose put him into a heart attack, cardiac arrest. Uh, dude, I don't know. Take care, DMX. We just uh, from the boxing podcast to you. We hope you're doing well, man. We hope you're doing well. God be with you. Speedy recovery. Oh my gosh. Guys, I guess I started off this podcast on a sour fucking note. Because you know what? Haney signed a contract to fight Jorge Linares. The fighter that Ryan Garcia was to be supposed to be fighting. Guess who Ryan Garcia is fighting now? Ryan Garcia is now going to be fighting... Not Jorge Linares, but instead, he will be fighting, damn it, I don't even see it anywhere here, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't even see it anywhere, hold on y'all, I'm trying to find this here, give me a second, this is a podcast, I don't have to be as fast as all y'all want me to, 
Ryan Garcia versus, let's see, who is he fighting? Oh my gosh, guys. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, I think this is a guy that. Yeah, so. Devin Haney signed a contract to fight Jorge Linares on May 29th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jorge Linares, the guy Ryan Garcia is supposed to be fighting. But instead, Ryan Garcia is fighting Javier Fortuna. Not an easy fight, but still, man, if you said you were going to fight Jorge Linares, you should have fought him, man. Now Devin Haney's over here doing it for you, man. Putting that money fight at risk, but taking risks is what's going to get you to bigger money fights. And that is a big kudos to Devin Haney taking on that fight, making Ryan Garcia look kind of bad, in my opinion, in my eyes. But I do understand that Ryan Garcia was trying to fight Manny Pacquiao. And who wouldn't take that opportunity, dude? Manny Pacquiao is like one of... He is the last legend left on this roster. And he's on his way out. And to get that fight and have to say... To be able to say you fought, fought Manny Pacquiao, that's insane. Like, that puts you above any fighter. Even if you lose. Even if you lose. That just makes your uh, your boxing resume so much more exciting. Um, no, but big props to Devin Haney, man. That is a big challenge in front of you. I, I've... Mm, I don't know who wins that fight. You know, if I'm if you had if you put a gun to my face and said, Abe, you have to bet all of the money in your account, which is not a lot. <laughs> and they said, bet your money on one of these fighters and I had to choose. I would choose Jorge Linares. One, here's how here's what I think happens. I think that the experience that Lenars has is going to work in his favor. And I think that's what ultimately is going to get him to win over Devin Haney. And not only that, <clears throat> Jorge Lenars is one aggressive ass motherfucker and he has punching power like a, like a horse. He has punching power like a horse. Like when, when the horses just get on the front legs and just whoosh, kick you with their back legs. That's the kind of punching power Jorge Linares has. And uh, I don't know, man. That is a risky fight. Matchroom boxing, you're putting your boy to the test. That's your cash cow. And you're putting him to the test before he fights Ryan Garcia. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if he loses to Jorge Linares? That just takes away from the money fight between those two. But if anything, if Jorge Linares wins... Then the fight between him and Ryan Garcia skyrocket money, 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 because that just makes the fight way more interesting. The guy that both of these guys are guys that Ryan Garcia is supposed to fight. But the way that this was supposed to play out is Devin Haney fight, 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 still undefeated. Ryan Garcia fights, 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 still undefeated. Eventually. After being undefeated for so long, they finally cross paths, and then both O's meet each other. One of them has to fall off, and that's the best kind of fight to sell. So it's a risk, yeah, but 
I think the dynamic here is uh, interesting because there, all these fighters were thrown into a hat, and one of them was supposed to fight each other. They were all calling each other out, talking the most shit. And uh, now it'll just be interesting. I really do wonder because one of these, eventually, this is all going to play out. Eventually, Ryan is going to fight Jorge Linares and Devin Haney and Gervonta Davis and. All of those fighters are going to end up fighting each other. And uh, it's just, I'm very excited to see who's actually, who's going to come out at the top. I don't think there's ever been a time in history where we have so many fighters all in one era at the beginning. They're all prospects, all up and coming, all very young, all mouthy, all different personalities. And they're all thrown into the mix and they're all on different fighting networks and they're all, you know, living their own, they're all going throughout their own journey and eventually they're going to meet up and we've just never had so many personalities clashing all at once, the same weight class. And so it's just going to be so interesting to see who comes out at the top because each fighter has a very compelling case and um, they've all been proving the naysayers wrong all throughout their journeys and so Ryan Garcia Ryan Garcia is proving his haters wrong Teofimo Lopez is proving his haters wrong Devin Haney is proving their haters wrong Gervonta Davis doing the same thing so if everyone's proving their haters wrong when they meet who's going to prove whose haters wrong you know so that's what I'm interested in I think that's going to be not to say that I want this to go by very quickly I want to experience it obviously but Eh, it's just interesting. Exciting time to be alive in boxing. Um, so, yeah. But let's talk about Ryan Garcia fighting Javier Fortuna. First of all, I heard that Javier Fortuna is a tough cookie. He's not easy. He's not no, you know, little walk in the park, little taxi driver. Bloody blah blah blah. So good job, Ryan Garcia. But let's let's look into this guy a little bit. His boxing rack. Let's look on box rack. All right. So he has thirty six wins, twenty five by knockout, two losses, one by KO, and then he has one uh, draw. Um, he has an okay record. You know, he's fought. Let's see. Okay, he lost a split decision. That's so crazy. He fought Robert Easter Jr., Adrian Granados, Sharif Bogiri, Jesus Marcelo Andres Cuellar, Antonio Lazada Torres. Eh, he lost against Jason Sosa. Jason Sosa. I don't know. I mean, we can't have our fighters fighting like top elite fights all the time, you know? you imagine that? Can you imagine we took our fighters and we just put them through a string of elite fighters just because we wanted to see if they were the truth or not? No, dude, you got to take their career slowly. Let them develop. I know a lot of the time we want them to like hurry the fuck up and start fighting better fighters. But come on, dude, let them let them marinate a little bit. Let them soak in the salt so that they're nice and tender and the fights are amazing. That's the thing. 
So if we build up our fighters, yes, we can put our fighters to fight right now. But if we build up our fighters, you know, with little Joe Schmoes here and there, and in between those Joe Schmoes, they're getting better and better and better. Guess what? When our undefeateders finally, undefeated fighters finally meet, the fight's going to be all that more exciting because they've had all these other past experiences with other fighters that are veterans, are seasoned, um, or like they're just, you know, I guess you could call them stepping stones, journeymen, taxi drivers. I mean, those fighters have their own little skills and different quirks that are different for each fighter. They might not be the best, but they definitely play a part in shaping you up as a fighter. So if you put them through all of this, they've gained some experience, they've gained some knowledge, some new skills, some new know-how, and then when they get to the top and they start and they fight each other, the fight is that much more intense because you just don't know, man. They've been prepared their whole lives. They've been preparing. They've gone through a long list of opponents. Yes, maybe they weren't all the best, but each training camp they kept getting better, and each time they went out there, they got more comfortable in the ring. And each time they got out there, they learned how to handle the pressure of fans. And maybe they got clipped a little bit by a taxi driver. And they learned how to withstand that, you know. That's just it. No, but Javier Fortuna, he's been fighting since 2009. Uh, His last fight was uh, in 2020, November 21st. He's a southpaw. Southpaw could be could could Ryan Garcia be using this fight to get prepared for Javante Davis probably because Javante Davis and this boy are like the same height they're five six and a half how old is Javante Davis Javante Davis is the same size as this dude you know Ryan Garcia is getting ready for that fight dude Javante Davis is shorter than this guy holy shit. Gervonta Davis is shorter than Fortuna by an inch. Yo, that's crazy. Oh, my God. I didn't know Gervonta Davis is that short. He's fucked. There's no way he's beating Ryan Garcia. Holy damn. Oh, my God. If you guys go to Box Rec and look at Gervonta Davis's picture, he looks so drained in this picture. Boy must have been on a freaking treadmill like, 10 minutes prior to getting onto his fucking weight scale. Because in the picture, he looks drained, man. And they took this picture during the weigh-in. Because he looks, oh my god, he looks so bad. But, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, in other news, I know Gervonta Davis has been in some tough shit. And I don't know if it's true or not. Because this kid's still on Twitter like it's nothing. Um, I know that uh, he was charged with an alleged hit and run facing maximum of seven years in prison if he's convicted. I don't know what goes into a case like this when you're with a team that is led by the boy Floyd Mayweather himself who has a ton of money. Floyd Mayweather's watching this. He's thinking, oh, my God, son of a bitch. Why can't this kid stay out of trouble? Why is he? Why does he keep fucking doing shit like this? Why does he keep hanging out with Adrian Broner? Why does he keep falling down the same footsteps as Adrian Broner? Dude, 
Javante Davis, the worst mistake he made was hanging out with uh, Adrian Broner. Or just, this is going to sound fake, and I'm not saying you should abandon all your, fr- of your friends, but for the betterment of your life and yourself and your family. Because Javante Davis has a daughter now, right? So if he keeps hanging out with friends that gangbang, those friends are going to get him into gangbanging issues. And so that's what he needs to avoid because he has a little daughter at home hoping that her daddy's going to come home after every fight, after every night out at the strip club, at the fucking bars, at the at the clubs. And Javante Davis is out there getting drunk, hitting people, and then just driving off without saying a word instead of staying back and trying to fix the issue. He's doing idiot decisions when he's, he has the potential of a Mike Tyson he has the potential to be the star of boxing, and he's throwing it all away just because he's having too much fun and making all this money and blowing all of his money. And if I'm Floyd Mayweather, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, what can I do to get this kid on track? And that's why you'll see videos of Floyd Mayweather chilling with Travante Davis in the gym because he needs to keep him in check. This boy does not know how to keep himself in check, and that's why he'll lose to Ryan Garcia, and that's why he'll lose to Devin Haney, Teofimo Lopez and all those other fighters, not because he's not as skilled, because this kid is way more skilled than all of these fighters put together. He's way more aggressive, more explosive, way more talented than any of these fighters. But what's going to fuck you up is you could have all of that talent. You could have all of that power. But if you don't have that discipline and you don't stay out the fucking streets... You're fucked in this game, man. You got to stay focused. And that's where I see, and that's where I rest my case with Trevante Davis. I wish him the best, and I hope to God he does not get sent to prison for seven years. Because seven years from now, dude, you're going to be out your fucking prime, my guy. So, yeah. Hi, yi yi. No, guys, that's it, man. That's it for today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here to listen to me talk a little bit about what's going on in the boxing world. I hope uh, within the coming weeks we get a couple fight announcements coming up. I know Manny Pacquiao's got something brewing. I know Terrence Crawford has something brewing. Mike Garcia, Errol Spence. We'll see what's up. Um, I did want to say something, guys. We did just drop the we did just drop the minimalist collection on the boxing.art website. Um, the minimalist collection is clothing designed with subtle boxing logos on the clothing garments so that it's good for training, intense training days. Uh, the clothing is good for that and having productive days at home when you're just chilling. Maybe you're working on a project on your laptop. Maybe you're working on an art project or cleaning up at home, chilling at home, doing yoga, you know, feeling feeling yourself going through some art. Um, and it's also good for streetwear, street, streetwear, you know. The clothing is also great for streetwear. You can... As much as you can use it at the gym or you're chilling at home in comfy clothing, you can go out in this and it looks fashionable. Uh, you can use it to go, you know, run your errands on any projects you're doing, um, doing the groceries, going out to the library, uh, 
hanging out with friends. Uh, this clothing's for whatever, dude. It really is. Most importantly, it's for fucking boxing training. And that's what makes it fucking great. The Minimalist Collection by Boxing. Uh, it's out now. It's out on the website. Go check it out. Um, all shipping is free on all orders. Uh, so, yep, just wanted to put that out, guys. Again, thank you, and we will catch you next week.